I will speak to you in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Good morning. Happy Pentecost Sunday. Well, I know, it's not exactly the same as Christmas or Easter, but as always, it's still a very important day on the Christian church calendar. Whereas Christmas, of course, is the bringing of God into the world and the birth of the infant Jesus, and Easter is the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, proving once and for all that he was and is and will be the Christ God incarnate in the person of the Son. This morning, the Sunday of Pentecost, is the moment in the biblical story when the third person of God, the Holy Trinity, the Holy Spirit, suddenly arrives with a rush of violent wind and the descent of those great tongues of fire upon the apostles and the followers of Christ on earth. Therefore, it's a pretty important day when you are a religion that sees and understands God as one true God in three unique and individual forms or persons. That's what the Holy Trinity is all about. And of course, I'm going to have to preach on that next Sunday. So therefore, we shall just stick with the Holy Spirit this morning. Interestingly enough, my thoughts on the Holy Spirit this Pentecost or Whit Sunday, as it's called in the English church tradition from whence we Episcopalians come, is quite different this year for me than it's typically been in years past. You see, Pentecost Sunday, as I know all of you know, is almost always a morning of loud and rousing Sunday worship. We almost always have some wonderful energetic music from our choir on this Sunday. In the past, We've had electrifying jazz music before, and when I was serving across the river at St. Mark's in Ortega, we once even had a bluegrass band play on Pentecost Sunday. This morning here at our parish, we have the sound of drums. Could you hear them in the background? We have the wonderful sound of drums and the stirring music coming to us from our choristers and our choir, singing out in several different languages to bring us into the Holy Spirit's high holy day. And as most of you know about me, because I've told you a lot about where I come from and the churches I grew up in, then you know that I often attended churches in my past where Pentecost Sunday was really every Sunday. In fact, we folks who attended those particular varieties of churches in the mountains of eastern Kentucky were known as Holy Ghost people. If any of you have ever experienced that Pentecostal Christian tradition, then you certainly know that the worship in those kind of churches is rarely subdued. I grew up seeing folks speaking out loudly in tongues all through the service, running up and down the aisles in ecstatic joy, dancing and falling over in a trance and playing music that was always loud and uplifting if it was sometimes a bit out of tune and a little jarring. And let's not even talk about those few times I attended a mountain holiness church and witnessed boxes coming out from under the pews behind the pulpit and the sound of hissing and rattling snakes heard clearly over pianos, guitars, and shouting. Yeah, that's how the Holy Ghost can come about in the mountains where I grew up. So all of that makes what the Holy Spirit, I believe, has led me to this Holy Whit Sunday morning all the more confounding 
Because at this stage in my life, in my ministry, I firmly believe that that Holy Spirit moves just as powerfully and in just as ecstatic and divinely revealing ways in the hush and the quiet of silence. Now, I would never try to imply that this glorious morning we should start celebrating Pentecost with too much silence or no sound at all. I have to admit that'd be a bit of a bummer, wouldn't it? But what I do want to pass along to you this Pentecost morning is that as much as the Holy Spirit can and is felt in moments of great music and loud chanting and chill bump inspiring sermons and prayers, you might just have so many more opportunities to come face to face with the Holy Ghost in your spiritual life if you can learn how to sit in quiet and begin listening with the inner ear of your heart for that still and quiet voice of God that is both without and within us. For the last four weeks, I've been meeting with 15 or so members of our church every Thursday on Zoom to talk about how we might move beyond simply engaging the spiritual parts of our lives and faith on Sunday morning and how we might find ways to work prayer and practice into every day of the week that we live. We've discussed writing out a rule of life based on the way of love we first ran into when we read the wonderful book by our presiding bishop, Love is the Way, back during the season of Lent. We've also delved into the differences that exist between expressive prayer and the prayer that is more built toward reception in presence of God. Just over these last few weeks, we've began to scratch the surface of the importance of prayer that is not as expressive and outgoing as our Sunday morning worship, but is instead quiet and meditative, like praying the rosary or the prayer practice presented to us from St. Ignatius of Loyola, known as the examine or the examination of conscience. And we've also moved beyond the meditative and into the types of prayers that are even contain fewer and fewer words and phrases, prayers that we call contemplative prayer that's found in something like the practice of centering prayer. It is these quiet silencing prayers where we actually are finding ways to attempt to talk to God or at God less in order to allow ourselves more possibility to have God speak to us and to respond to what we present before God. Now, please understand, I'm not talking about having a moment when suddenly your cell phone goes off and you look at the screen and it says Jehovah, Yahweh, or JC, our Lord is calling you. Now, I will say, I wish God did call us on our cell phones. It would make times when the cell phone goes off during my preaching a little more acceptable to me. What I'm really trying to say is simply that the movement from expressive prayers of words to receptive and silencing prayer is all about finding a simple way to sit quietly in the presence of the Almighty who is both within us and without us and at least give God that chance to speak to you in whatever form God chooses to do that. Maybe it's an unexpected memory that you need to hear again that suddenly pops in your mind in that silent prayer 
reminding you of something that you'd forgotten about but desperately needed to recall for your life in that moment. Maybe it's the needed strength that you suddenly feel to face down something that you know is inside you that you know you need to get rid of for the goodness of your life in the physical world as well as in the spiritual. Perhaps it's simply arriving at a sudden constant recognition in the loudness of the world or in the silence of your heart that you are not alone, that God is always with you. Can you just imagine what it would be like, no matter what the world threw at you, to suddenly always realize God is around you and you have no reason to be afraid? This is what I mean by giving God a chance to reveal God's self to us. And I have to tell you, when that comes to us in silence and calm, there can be no question that it is also the third person of God, the Holy Spirit, the advocate, as Jesus reveals the Spirit to be for us this morning, that is in action, moving in those profound and quiet moments. And I hate to say it, but... If you're crying out in ecstatic joy or speaking in some wild and untranslatable language or singing out with songs of praise, if you are that loud all the time, then you might just miss all of these quiet revelations of the Holy Spirit that come within us. Certainly, the Holy Spirit can reveal itself in both varieties and ways. Just as the great charismatic Christian leaders of the last century brought the church back around to experiencing the Holy Spirit in the rush of wind and the descent of these tongues of fire that we just heard about again in the book of Acts, the church for many centuries before that, in the practices of monks and nuns, ascetics and reclusive saints, found for themselves that the Holy Spirit was perhaps more pronounced and more revealed in their call to constant observance of silence. And truly, that practice of silence has always been more challenging than anything else. Perhaps as much as it ever was before, our wild and raucous world filled with constant sound and noise. Man, I hate leaf blowers. I just want to tell you all that right now. I hate leaf. I use one, but I hate it. It's so loud. Our world is filled with that, as well as with all this mental and technological and internet overload. It makes trying to find a place and time for silence nearly impossible today. For even when you have that moment or when you're drawn to have a little bit of time of quiet, I bet many of those times you might just let it pass over in order to keep the sound playing in our ears and distracting us of the thoughts that maybe we don't want to think about. Because that's the thing. For us to sit in silence is not just a challenge. If you're honest about it, it can also be a bit frightening. To sit in silence and not to be able to respond and react with words and phrases forces you to be open and to maybe be a little vulnerable. We have to trust in God when we're present present in that silence. We have to hold on to not only what we can't see, but also in that moment, what can't be heard. And maybe that's why we have trouble turning off all the sounds in our life as much as anything else. But let's read again the words that St. Paul on this Pentecost Sunday has to say to us about the amazing actions in the life of the Holy Spirit. Paul writes in his 
wonderful, important epistle to the Romans, we know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly while we wait for adoption and the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Here, St. Paul, I believe, speaks of that vulnerable groaning that is inside of us to be present with God. To groan inwardly is something that is happening within the soul, not the sounds of groaning that happens outside our bodies in the world. Though St. Paul, in this piece of writing, turns to that sense of sight and seeing, I believe you can just as easily remain in what is going on within and replace that sight and seeing with what happens outwardly in hearing. Read it again from that perspective and it comes to us. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is heard is not hope. For who hopes for what is heard? But if we hope for what we do not hear, we wait for it with patience. If there's one thing that silence forces upon us, It's to find more patience to be in the presence of the Lord. St. Paul finishes this morning by saying, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs that are too deep for words. And God who searches the heart knows what is in the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I love that idea. It brings me to that place of quiet when I hear that the Spirit intercedes with sighs that are too deep for the sound and the enunciation of our words. That's the intersection of the Holy Spirit deep within the silence that is always meant to be within us. And as Paul says, God searches our inner heart and knows what is in the mind of the Spirit because God has sent the Spirit in that fashion to know us and to intercede for us. Before I wrap up this morning, I want to invite you to remember a moment of silence. I think for most of us, it's that time when we've had a a second of shock or a bit of confusion, or maybe it was an unexpected trauma, or maybe it's about being totally surprised and in a moment of unexpected joy. It may have begun when you received an unexpected phone call or in a moment in time you did not know was coming. Maybe it happened in a doctor's office or maybe you were watching a news report on television or on the internet or you received an email. We human beings in those moments that are unexpected in our lives, whether they are good moments or bad moments, tend in those few seconds to lose our complete ability to put words together. And at least in that time, we will fall into silence, whether we want to or not. This, brothers and sisters, can be a time that is fearful, or it can be a time where we find within that silence the same Holy Spirit that moves and rushes over us in the winds and in the tongues of fire that descend upon us. So I'd like to ask you, to not just look at those tongues of fire this Pentecost Sunday, but to find that inner groaning, 
find God not only in the sounds of joy and praise that we need to sing out, but also in the inner silence of our heart we need to sit within. Spend a little time with the Holy Spirit this morning in that silence, and it will only prepare you to find that spirit as well when maybe you just might need that Holy Spirit more than ever. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Be in the midst of us, in the noise that surrounds us, and in the silence of our heart. Amen.